Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to episode 65 of the GBG cast. I'm your host for today, Ash Paulson, and I'm joined by my dear friend and GBG co-founder, Steve Bowling, and only Steve Bowling. It's hey. just the two of us today. <laughs> uh, Derek and Daniel are both working on videos. Uh, Brandon's busy with some guests he's hosting at his house. And of course, John is asleep, or he better be, because it's 1 a.m. over there. So we got the <laughs> two of us today, and uh, yeah, happy Friday, everybody. Uh, how's it going, man? It's going good. It's It's been a crazy week. Uh, I have some personal stuff going on. Not bad personal stuff, but stuff I'm not ready to share uh, publicly. Sure, you sure. know what I'm talking about. We, we've yes. talked about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've, we've you know, so I've, I've, I've been elsewhere. I've been distracted, but uh, I'll, I'll be able hopefully to share that with the rest of you in the audience here soon. Um, but yeah, lots of, lots of cool stuff going on in, in my world. Not a lot of game playing going on uh, these yeah. last few days. Uh, I tried Exoprimal and I have, I have big thoughts about that. Oh, okay. Okay. I definitely want to try that. I'd like to play it with, with you and like, you know, our group. I don't really have too much interest in playing the single player, especially with FF16 on the docket for me. I'm still chipping away at Tears of the Kingdom because that game is just endlessly massive. Um, but I can see the light at the end of the tunnel now. I'm getting to the point where I can see myself finally finishing it. Uh, and then after that, I got to go right into FS16 because there's no way I can go go into a game of the year discussion later this year without having played the next big mainline Final Fantasy. So that's that's the next one for me. Yeah. So so real quick, uh, I don't want to dive too far into Exoprimal, but uh, I have bad news for you if you want to play single player because there is none. So, oh. Uh, oh, in oh, fact, okay. there is one mode, just one, and it's a mode. Oh. in a video game i'm gonna so okay. fortunately i will say thank you to capcom for graciously providing us with with enough codes for me to get anybody on the team who wants it access to it but um yeah we're, I'm, I'm gonna be curious to see what you think when you play i got you okay and actually frequent positron in our live audience chat uh just mentioned that the story is unlocked by playing multiplayer which they sure made it seem like in that capcom showcase trailer that there was going to be a bespoke single player story mode yeah, so expect a video from me over the weekend on on my oh, thoughts cool. on Exoprimal. So I don't want to go too far into it here. Um, if you if you saw my review on GX of Little Town Hero, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna bring similar uh -oh. energy. So uh -oh. uh, stay tuned for that. Um, it yeah, so it's a it's a game that I've played. Um, All right, but I'll I'll be prepping that either either tomorrow. Or, or uh, later tonight, but uh, okay, I, I'll, I'll say I played it with a friend, and uh, that turned into a Street Fighter Six night pretty quick. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> All right, fair enough. Well, I'm looking forward to checking that out, and I guess I should tease a video that I'm working on now too. And I'm not going to say exactly what it is, but it is a video related to the Super Mario RPG remake. I don't want to say more than that right now. Uh, some of our patrons already know what it is, and if you do, please don't spoil it. Uh, but I am working on a Mario RPG remake related video that I'm so excited to get out to everyone. So certainly look forward to that. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, things are trucking along over here in GVG land. Uh, as always, we do have to shout out our incredible sponsor, The Game Orb. The Game Orb is a YouTube channel that brings commentary and gameplay footage from the Nintendo Switch and Xbox Series X gaming systems. While games like Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu can be seen on the channel along with others, the Game Orb will also now be adding Splatoon 3, Super Mario Sunshine, and Fall Guys to the gaming collection. So be sure to subscribe to the Game Orb at the link in the description, and I will have a link up in our YouTube chat shortly, as usual. Um, but yeah, as I always say, they have been supporting us at our highest Patreon tier from the very beginning, 
So please do go show them some love, subscribe, yes. like their videos, check them out. Uh, and if you have anything, any of you out there, if you have anything you want to promote on our show, consider maybe checking out our sponsorship tier on Patreon. We do have multiple slots open for that. So just in case you have something you'd like to promote, maybe check it out. Uh, we also have some patron birthday shout outs this week. Quite a few. Uh, happy, quite a bit belated birthday to Rain in Clouds, whose birthday was on Monday, June 26th. Thank you so much for being so patient uh, for this birthday shout out. So happy birthday to you. Uh, happy birthday, Eastman23, uh, who celebrated their birthday on Wednesday, July 12th, just this week. Uh, happy birthday to, almost birthday, to Blaystar25, who uh, is uh, celebrating their birthday this Sunday, July 16th. And then finally, happy birthday to, free, almost birthday, to Frequent Positron, who is celebrating theirs on Monday the 17th. So lots of, lots of July birthdays. Yeah. Yeah. So happy, happy birthday to everyone. And, uh, yeah, so we've got a few things to uh, discuss news-wise today. I think we've kind of already gone over what we're playing. I, as I said, I'm still chipping away at, at Tears of the Kingdom, playing some Rocket League when I can fit it in. Um, but, yeah, for me, it's all about just finishing Zelda and then moving on to Final Fantasy. In terms of the things I've been up to, mainly just, uh, you know, work and, uh, you know, working on GVG stuff, managing Patreon stuff. Um, trying to get some gaming time in here and there and uh, spending as much time with my wife as I can. So that's pretty much what's been going on on my end. Uh, now, as I said, uh, actually, before we move on, Steve, last uh, last week you couldn't be here, but Derek and I got to talk about the Rashid reveal trailer for Street Fighter VI and you being our, you know, our biggest fighting game aficionado. I love fighting games, but you like love, love, love them. Yes. Did you want to say anything about Rashid, his trailer, the way he plays? Are you looking forward to him? Like, how are you feeling? So it's funny. I've not seen the trailer. Like, uh, like I said, I've had I've had cause to be distracted from video games for the past, like, couple of weeks. Um, for sure. And, and I can't I, I don't mean to be cryptic with you guys. I just it's it's very uncertain. Nothing's bad. I'm OK. <laughs> but um, right. I, I've just been a little distracted from video games for a bit. Uh, so I have not seen rashid's gameplay trailer yet i'm actually watching it as we speak so i'm going to give you a little bit of a live breakdown because it's only about a minute okay. and a half um but rashid was one of my favorite additions to street fighter 5 uh i like that we finally got a character you know a, a middle eastern character because we haven't had that um you know we had hakan in street fighter 4 but i believe hakan was turkish yes i believe um, he was whereas rashid is is you know, I, I'll be honest, I can't even remember specifically what country from which Rashid hails, but I like the idea of the character that he's like a techie kind of nerdy guy who, uh -huh. you know, specializes in like wind based martial arts. He's very agile. Um, he, he may be Saudi. I, I'm just not sure. I'm I'm totally not certain. And I, you know, <laughs> I don't want to sound like an idiot and misquote. So right. uh, if that's what you guys are saying, I, I believe you and I trust you. I'm just saying that I don't remember. Uh, he wasn't a main for me, but I think he's a really cool, tricky character. I like that he is modern in the sense that he's like obsessed with social media and he likes to he's stream a streamer his own now. Fights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so good to me. That's like a really cool uh, take on on a modern Street Fighter character, especially when coupled with the fact that when you look at the older world warriors, they seem to not get it. Like they don't uh -huh. understand that. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a really cool way of, you know, truly implying that Rashid is a member of a new generation of fighters. Um, yeah. So I'm excited for him. Do I think I'll play him? Probably not. Do I think I'll be confounded by people who do? Yeah. He, he's, mm -hmm. he's a cool character. I like him a lot. Um, 
probably not my play style necessarily because I'm just an old school Ryu main, but right. uh, definitely a welcome addition to the roster. Super cool. And, um, you know, it's weird to say that he has his classic outfit because he's from Street Fighter V, but I do like that right. they included that as well. Uh, so, yeah, cool reveal. Excited to try him. I'll definitely go into the lab with him and see how they've changed him, but nice. um, probably not going to main him anytime soon. Uh, Akuma is probably the best bet out of Wave 1 for me to find somebody different from Ryu to main. You know, so different, right? That may, yeah, so different. I am looking forward to seeing how his re- his new redesign looks in-game, though, his in-game character model, because it's so radical from what we've seen of the concept art, his, his you know, appearance in Street Fighter Six. So... Looking forward to seeing what he's going to look like. Uh, the, the one thing that really stood out to me about Rashid is, and, and Max Dude pointed this out in his breakdown, is the incredible animation on his clothing. Oh, yeah. Like, jeez. He just, the way his clothing animates is just next level. He looks so good. Street Fighter Six and, in general has incredible yeah, animation. Like, the muscle deformation really and stuff like that. It, it's next yeah. level. I, uh, ironically, I think that Zongief is one of the best looking characters yeah, in the is. whole game. Like, he looks somehow, yeah. despite being so weirdly proportioned he is almost the most (laughs) believably human looking person in the whole game and i think it's because even though he's like really big he's not like super ripped like he's his muscles Uh aren't crazy defined whereas everyone else has these kind of impossibly (laughs) large shoulders and really Uh, big hands yeah luke's giant freakish forearms yeah luke with his popeye ass forearms (laughs) they're so weird They, they weird me out they make me uncomfortable yeah, no, same, same here. But that's actually the other thing I need to get to after I'm finally done with Tears of the Kingdom is more Street Fighter VI. I played through a few arcade mode runs like Kimberly's, Ken's, uh, I think Jury's, but I need to like, properly dive into World Tour because I want to play so much more Street Fighter VI. I just had to really laser focus on Zelda. But that that and Street Fighter VI, I'll be, or sorry, FF16, I'll be playing alongside uh, you know one another. Until Sea of Stars comes out. I'm going to try to finish both before Sea of Stars comes out, which we'll be talking about a little later today. Um, but uh, yeah, well, before we move on to the news, we have a few Super Chats to read out. First off, we have Disney Dunk. Well, a pair of Super Chats from Disney Duncan for $10 and $2 respectively. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Uh, first one, I think Marvel is in trouble, not just because of the strike, but that their recent films have been losing money. If there's any hope, my bet is on Deadpool 3 to be a box office success to save the MCU. Ah, uh, even if they're I, I, even if they are losing money, the recent ones, if that's true, the MCU is not going anywhere. It's still making gobs and gazillions and bazillions of money. I I don't believe that the MCU is, is in any sort of mortal danger. Will the pace of movies slow down? Maybe, but it's it's the MCU. I just don't. Even when they're not doing as well, they're still making absurd amounts of money. So that's that's my personal opinion. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that, Steve? Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think the MCU is, is a institution in film at this point. So I don't think it goes away, even if, uh, films have been losing money. And to be fair, I had to look this up because I don't really follow box office figures too much, but from what I understand, uh, the, the most recent Ant-Man film is the only non-pandemic film to lose Mm -hmm. money. And I I would blame the other ones on the pandemic. I mean, people just weren't going to the movies. How, how could you, if you didn't feel safe and and also (laughs) some theaters just weren't open like my theaters around me weren't open for business during the pandemic so um i don't necessarily think that it's indicative of of the future of the mcu as a whole i do think there's fatigue i think people are getting kind of tired of like a constant unrelenting barrage of marvel content um but i don't think that it's gonna signal like them just scrapping it what i do think is we get kind of the obvious desperation maneuver of 
them maybe being like, okay, we need to go back to the glory days. We need to mm. somehow shoehorn Iron Man back into a movie, like get Robert oh. Downey Jr. to come back for a movie. Yeah. Because that would be hype. I would go. Um, sure. I think a lot of people would go. So I don't think yeah. it's, I don't think the end is nigh for Marvel. I think it's just, uh, you know, it, it's not every hero is going to be as popular. There's a reason that right. Ant-Man comics don't sell as well as Iron Man comics, you know, or Spider-Man comics. Right. And uh, I still view certain Marvel movies as like an event, but I've always had that. Like I've, I've thought, you know, like I skipped Captain America movies in the theaters because I, I don't care about Captain America, but I went and saw Iron Man and Thor, mm-hmm. um, you know. So for me, it's always mattered more about the hero and not about yeah. the the movie necessarily. So like, I right. I've never seen an Ant Man movie in the theater. I've streamed oh, all of them. They're pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's fair. Uh, plus, you know, Duncan, we also have to remember we're only a couple of months out from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, which not only, in my opinion, was a phenomenal movie that made me cry way too much. But also, I, as, as I remember reading it, it did really well at the box office. So I think it's really going to be fine. Um, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I, I don't think the MCU is going anywhere. Uh, and then your other super chat is that, on the other hand, uh, still with the MCU, Secret Invasion is amazing. And I agree. My wife and I have been keeping up with Secret Invasion, and we're really enjoying it. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm a little to. sad that it's already half over, or more than half over, because I'm really liking it. And we're finally getting to see a full series with Sam Jackson, you know, with his amazing Nick Fury. And uh, I'm not ready for it to end. It's great. Yeah, I, I've started it, but I have to go back and rewatch it because uh, my kids are home for summer break. And ah, so every yeah. time I've tried to watch it, they've been like bickering with each other because they've mm. just been in the house too long together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I'm hopeful that we'll see, that I'll get to sit down and just enjoy some silence and watch it, and yeah. then and then I'll put it together because it does seem like a really fun mystery plot to unravel. It is, although I, I would also say, speaking of your kids, uh, it is a fair bit more raw and just darker and more violent than than some uh, other MCU TV series or streaming series tend to get. So probably not the most kid friendly show compared to something like Miss Marvel or Loki. Or something. Right. It's pretty. It's pretty intense. So definitely not for younger kids at all. Uh, so you know, do keep that in mind for sure. Um, the hype police are coming for Secret Invasion. Apparently, we haven't heard the L.A. hype police in a while, but yeah. They are. <laughs> Next up is our good friend Jaden Buck with five dollars. Thank you very much. Crazy question Fridays. Crazy question number ninety. What types of food do you think would be easier to eat with an extra set of arms? I mean, all of them, but yeah. let's say wings specifically, because wings and ribs are really yeah. messy stuff, right? Like, I feel like that would be a lot easier because your hands get so messy so quickly with like ribs. Yeah, because you could have like stuff. napkin arms to clean the other arms. Exactly. With. I, I'm down for that. Yeah. And, you know, hey, it's, it's more chicken, more meat, which I know you're always down for. Wording, I heard it as I said it. <laughs> uh, but with us, <laughs> we're going to move right on to Jacob Tucker's Super Chat for $5. Thank you very much. What's up, GBG? I'm going to Super Nintendo World next weekend. Very much looking forward to all the park and Universal as a whole have to offer. Well, Jacob, look forward to that. I have yeah. been. It is such a cool experience. Take, uh, take pictures gonna, of yeah. the Pikmin you find. Yes, please do. And uh, apparently you're going to get to meet uh, meet Toad now. They're, they just added Toad to the list of characters in costume that you can meet at Super Nintendo World now. So... Certainly look forward to that, or I think they're soon adding Toad, so hopefully he'll be there by the time you're there. Uh, but it's it's a very special experience. My wife and I had a great time, uh, so look forward to it. I won't spoil it anything more than that. I'll just say pay special attention to the set design because it is next-level detailed and so full of Easter eggs for fans of Nintendo and especially Super Mario. So look forward to that. So happy you're going. 
Uh, and then uh, one more from Duncan for now, then we'll move on to the news. And of course, I will read out the rest of the Super Chats as they come in and throughout the rest of the show. Uh, Duncan, with two more dollars, asks, any criticisms about Tears of the Kingdom? Well, yes, as a matter of fact. I love it. I love the game so much. But um, I don't like how there's no easy way to keep track of the old map treasures you found and like the, the treasures in the depths, which are various like outfits and uh, classic outfits like Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, whatever. Uh, and I also just, it's too big. I love it. I love it. But I don't know that anyone needed a game. Well, not anyone. I don't know that I needed a game that was t uh, Breath of the Wild times three. Breath of the <laughs> Wild is already massive. And it's this is that, but triple that. And it's just, it's a little bit too much. I think I've, I've hit the upper limit with how big I want my games to be in terms of content. It's just too much sometimes. That said, I still love it. And I'm still playing it after like 100 hours. So I'm take that criticism as you will. I'm I'm gonna level a different criticism that's probably gonna make people mad. Uh, uh the sword play is too simple. Uh, I sure. I actually want a link that knows more sword techniques. Like mm -hmm. and, and it dawned on me the other day because I was describing the fact to my brother that Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom Link has the downward thrust from Zelda 2. But the only way you can right. do it is by walking off of something and then hitting the button to slash while falling right from walking off a ledge i'm like that why is that move in there what is the use of it like what's the right. practical application of it it's such a useless move that the game doesn't teach you about it like they couldn't figure out how to make it work and so i just thought that that was very bizarre that they included like a move that is a throwback for zelda fans but yeah. they couldn't like show you how to do it so i think i think that there's a way to you know I think that there was a way to like uh, improve the flow of combat mm -hmm. without sacrificing any of the uh, fun of it. Like I, I still, yeah. I think I honestly prefer Wind Waker's combat, which is something that's yeah. weird for me to say. I like the shield bash. I like the, I like the uh, God now flurry rush. Flurry I love rush, those, yeah. but I really loved the counter system from Wind Waker, especially the way it mm -hmm. wove into the music. Like, me too. I love that so much. Yeah, I, you know, I agree with that in general. I always thought Breath of the Wild's combat was was good, and and certainly I loved how you how organic it was, and how you could, you know, mess with different things in the environment to take some really creative approaches to enemies. And this game has that even more in spades with all the stuff you could do with Ultra Hand and uh, the can't remember the name of it, but the time reversal one. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I wish the swordplay itself was more complex. And as Alpha Lion mentioned uh, in our live audience chat. Twilight Princess did play with this. That's not it's not a game that I love, but it did play with this where you could, you know, you could learn the new sword techniques. Yep. Yeah. So I kind of wish they did implement something like that. Um, and that's probably the only time you'll hear me say, man, I wish I wish this other Zelda game would do something Twilight Princess did. But here, here we are. And I do agree with that for sure. So yeah. I'm sorry, all the Twilight Princess oh, lovers out there. I'm hold on. I gotta I gotta lay the easy one out there too. Uh, okay. The game could run better. <laughs> like like it could just run better and i don't think you can argue that i think that's just a fact like if if breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom ran at 60 fps they would objectively just be better games for it sure i agree with that but i'm also two minds on it because yes obviously objectively they would be better if it ran at 60 fps on the other hand and i tweeted out a, a really pretty screenshot from the game a few days ago on twitter and it got a lot of traction and I made the point that, like, man, yeah, the Switch's hardware is ancient for sure. It's not 60 FPS, but I am so freaking impressed by what this game is able to do 
being as big as it is on such ancient hardware, the fact that you can go straight from the depths to the surface, to the sky with no loading, and it still looks as good as it does and runs mostly at 30 FPS, given how ancient the hardware is, I am so impressed. But yes, of course you're right. Of course you're right with that it would be better at 60. And it'd be nice to see maybe an update for the game when the next hardware comes out. Who knows? But am I am I am I just being too much of an old man to say that I'm impressed by what this game pulls no, off? I, I I don't think so at all. Um, I actually talked about this on the win, which if you don't know is our Patreon exclusive Nintendo focused podcast. New episodes mm-hmm. every Saturday. Um, but I talked about this and the difference between what I would call a gamer's impressive game and an impressive game. Mm-hmm. And I was drawing the distinction specifically between Tears of the Kingdom as a gamer impressing game mm-hmm. and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe as just a ah. straight, broadly impressive game where sure. even if you don't understand the science and the technology and the art of games, you can look at Mario Kart 8 and be like, yeah. wow, that is impressive. Yeah. I like that, which to me is why you have just it sitting atop the Switch library with all mm-hmm. those sales. Uh, whereas people like you and me who have who have grown up with the art form of games who who understand how hard these things are to make (laughs) um you know we can look at a game like tears of the kingdom and we can accept yes it runs kind of poorly in areas sure but because of all of the things happening and how beautiful it is right like Mm -hmm. i look at tears of the kingdom and i'm like this whole thing fits in my pocket like this is wild right yeah um and i don't care that it runs at 15 fps in some spots because holy crap like you know (laughs) look at all the the stuff it's doing the insane coding behind something like ultra hand and all the fusing you can do and all the i mean it's in and recall which thank you for the reminder it it was called recall of course just the unbelievable coding that is that goes into something like that on top of the fact that you've got a world thrice the size of breath of the wild with no loading in between other yes of course with shrines there are but other than that it's just it just blows my mind it just it really does um and you know you made such a great point about mario kart steve because i have said before and and it's kind of a weird way to think about it but i am so yes that game continues to look so amazing and even though obviously we have plenty of console games now that look way better than the best arcade games to me i still get that feeling from mario kart that it's like gee whiz, I'm playing a game that looks like the games that I play in the arcade, yep. if that makes any sense. Well, you know? a big part of it is that it's it's very flashy, it's very bright, yeah. but also, and, and again, this is the important thing, that rock-solid frame rate, especially oh, in a racing yeah. game. The fact that Mario Kart on the Switch runs at 60 FPS and doesn't blink ever yeah. is, is just amazing like like it it truly is you know i i told this anecdote about how when i reviewed the switch light back at gx they sent me mario kart they knew i had mario kart obviously (laughs) i reviewed the switch i definitely had mario kart but they sent me they're like this is the game you know and and for those of you that don't know usually like when you get a console especially a console revision and the company sends you a game alongside it especially one that is already out and has been out that's that's a not so subtle way of them being like this is the game we'd like you to show on this. This is the right. game that we think is going to impress your viewers. And, and it's very clear that Nintendo obviously holds Mario Kart 8 uh, Deluxe in very high regard. And it's easy to see why, because it is like a showcase game. Like, like I said, people who don't know games look at this and they're like, wow, I yeah. want to play that. Yeah. And and that's something that that, frankly, as much as I personally love Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom far more than I love Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. um because they're my kind of thing uh that's the kind of thing that you know it, it's just 
Mario Kart is so much better than Zelda in that regard because sure. it impresses people in a way that that other games can't. Like they just look at it, they understand it intrinsically what it is. You know, yeah. everybody, every adult, everybody over fifteen has played Mario Kart at some point in their life, and they right. see this one, they're like, "Wow, this is amazing!" Like, I, I, yeah. I want this. Yeah. No, totally well said. And uh, either way, yes, both games, both of the above games or aforementioned games, incredibly impressive in their own ways. And uh, but we actually do have some news to discuss, yes. believe it or not. Uh, so I will read out the rest of the super chats that come in as we go through the show. But for now, let's turn our attention from the newest and the latest and the greatest to uh, what this episode's name uh, was named after, <laughs> named after, named after, which is retro games. Um, this is something I think, Steve, you and I both wish we had known to react to because you know yes. I, I knew about the limited run presentation but I was like, oh, it's probably not going to be worth reacting to well we were wrong because holy crap the list of announcements at this limited run presentation and i mean i remember when we were in the crew chat just things kept coming in and we were pasting announcements and we're like tomba like tomba's coming back the jurassic park classic games collection clock tower gex trilogy like it is this was a retro gamers dream presentation right it's it's pretty darn amazing. I'm I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, for me, is it Tomba or Tomba? I always said is Tomba. it Tomba. I, I, don't I know. always said Tomba. Yeah, I don't, I've never played the game, but maybe this is my chance. I think it's I Tomba. And the only reason is I say Tomba? that is it's okay. a Japanese game. So. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to me, this was one of the craziest. Uh, to be fair, Google agrees with you that it's Tomba. By the way, I think. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But either way seeing seeing just that that was that was one of the craziest uh sets of announcements like the internet just kept lighting up with all these weird obscure retro things um yeah. and and our pal and former guest uh modern vintage gamer is involved with most of it like it i it appears I that. that he has been doing a lot of the work on these games and if you haven't seen his shantae port he did great on that yeah he uh, did. so i think you know he's the right person for the job here as well um but they developed something apparently called the Carbon Engine. They've ported all these games into this engine. Um, it's almost like a, a general purpose retro gaming engine uh, to help do native ports of, of all these old games, which I love. Um, do I, I? I don't have anything against Limited Run. Uh, I certainly wouldn't have expected this from them, but I do wish that their production schedules were a bit tighter from announcement to people getting the actual products because i know for instance i picked up panzer dragoon from them and i think i waited a year and a half to get my physical copy uh-huh yeah they, and i'm they like do take that, a that's long a long time, time. um yeah. i'm hopeful that they're able to get these games out more quickly um You're so I, right. I will pick all of these up i some of them yeah. i've never played i didn't particularly love gex but it's so cool that they exist like it, it's yeah. amazing um you know, Tomba, Tomba, however, Tomba, however you say it, um, that well, to me actually, is... apparently, uh, according to Cast Coder in our YouTube chat, it is Tomba, according to Tomba 2's English dub. So you were right. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So yeah. Tomba. Um, yeah, I was going to say I've played them and I could have sworn I heard the name Tomba said, but uh, right. it's been a long time. Those were PS1 games. Yeah. Um, but I will say the craziest the craziest thing for me is Shantae Advance. Uh, right that was the other yeah I, I, that was one of the two big things i wanted to bring up but yes shantae advance risky revolution they're bringing a dead game back back from the brink it's actually they're they're building the the actual game on top of uh you know the code that originally existed 
for Shantae Advance. Yeah, that to me is probably the coolest thing because, you know, um, I watched the little video that Matt Bozon put out about this where he mentions that, you know, they didn't even try to fill in the story gap that it created by not having released because so they just went right to what was it? Um, Risky's Revenge. Right. And, you know, it just kind of assumed these pre-existing relationships that would have been first explained in Shantae Advance. Right. Um, and, and they, you know, nobody really questioned it too much. So I'm I'm really excited for this. I'm excited, too, that it's not like, oh, hey, we're taking this Game Boy Advance game and porting it to modern consoles. They're like, no, we're still releasing this on a Game Boy Advance cartridge. Uh, yeah. Yes. Like, That's my so Game cool. Boy Advance is right back there. I haven't had to use it for anything in years. And I am so ready to, like, put that thing back on the charger and yeah. play this game. Uh, because That's how so cool, cool is that like it, it really is i i was looking through it and i'm like man i still have my stuff to capture gamecube games like i'm mm-hmm. going to have to like dust off the gamecube and the game boy player and, and record this and, and yeah. so i'm i'm not the world's biggest shantae fan but i will buy any unfinished game that gets right. released like like this story is catnip for me like i love totally. the fact that um limited run was able to do this like like get this set up to where we're able to actually play a game that didn't get finished that publishers didn't have interest in um and i hope that this is what they continue to do i i like the work they do currently i like the fact that we get these uh you know like physical releases of digital only games cool i'm cool with that but i vastly prefer what they're doing now like give me original stuff or or at least ports of long dead titles uh yeah. that weren't otherwise going to release like i like that they're stepping into publishing now and that they're seeking out kind of like holy grail games and and bringing them back to to modern consoles yeah. like uh gerard put out that video about how like 87 percent of games are unavailable yeah and this to me is one of the best things i've seen for for uh preservation in a long time because these are games that yep. i didn't even think the rights were out there anymore so yeah Right there with you. I mean, like you, just the concept of, of what this is, is like catnip to me. Uh, but on top of that, I'm also a big Shantae fan. So I have that part of it to look forward to, too. The only, and I wasn't able to find confirmation of this dur- during the admittedly short time that I looked, but I do hope that it isn't just going to be a GBA cartridge, just so those people out there who want to play this but don't necessarily have a GBA on hand can just play it digitally. I, I just hope that this game, because it's a lost game, gets the widest audience possible because it's such a cool concept and it would be a damn shame for it to be locked to a GBA cartridge. I just hope that it's both. It would be nice for sure. I could have sworn yeah. that they said it was just GBA. I, I think they did. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's like a launch thing. It'll be, you know, for a launch period, it'll be like a GBA cartridge exclusive. And then later on they'll do like a digital version. Yeah. Just to kind of add to the, the novelty of it in the trailer. They don't seem to have, they don't seem to have ports listed. I'm going to say that mm-hmm. this is probably GBA yeah. only. I think it is too, based on what I saw. But I, I kind of feel like it's almost inevitable that eventually they'll announce a digital port, at least for Switch. Um, but I don't. It just seems so weird to go to the trouble to resurrect this almost, you know, this until now dead game, but only let people who have GBAs on hand play it. Yeah, so it I is only like GBA. I just, I just found their press yeah. release. That's so, what I so thought. So it is strictly yeah. GBA for now. I'll, I'll admit I think it's cool, but I do hope that this is like a timed exclusive, which is a weird yeah. thing to say about a game coming out in 2024 <laughs> for the Game Boy Advance. 
right exactly but, i mean there are there are things oh looks like azran has a has a tweet linked about it so maybe they've maybe they've expanded on that beyond Let's the press see. release oh only announced it for gba at this time that seems so obvious to me that eventually a digital port's coming yeah i think it's more that they i mean to be fair it hits way different when it's a gba game right totally yeah yeah uh, well, the other thing I wanted to highlight was actually something that our friend RecBCQ just uh, super chatted about for $5. Thank you very much. And they said, I can't fathom that there's a game out there that's paying homage to the freaking CDI. And yes, I wanted, that was the other thing I really wanted to highlight about this. And that is uh, Arzet or Artset, the Jewel of Faramore, which seems to be marrying the Zelda CDI style of just cheesy, awful cutscenes to. What could actually be a pretty good game, maybe even a great one. The the gameplay footage so far looks pretty cool, but talk about a novelty. I never imagined, and it seems so obvious in hindsight, but I never imagined we'd get a game with cutscenes intentionally inspired by the Zelda CDI games. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of it. I, I still need to see the trailer for that because I didn't oh, watch the whole do. limited run thing yet. Um but hopefully hopefully I'll you know I'll I'll pull that in eventually, but well, you know, we should watch it during our post show today. Yeah, uh, during the post show, our... we pull that up. Yeah. By the way, if you want to know what that is, patreon.com slash gvgaming. Check out the live audience tier for just five bucks a month. But with that said, yes, uh, art set, the Jewel of Fairmore. It is a Zelda CDI inspired. You know, the cutscenes are inspired by that, but with what seems to be like pretty legitimate game, uh, and not obviously a terrible game like the actual gameplay segments of the CDI Zelda games were. So. It is a really fascinating uh, thing that they're working on. And it just this list just continues to blow. I mean, we're getting like a remastered Disney Gargoyles. The hell? Right. Like, where did, where did that come from? I'm still waiting on uh, Chippendale. Like, DuckTales remaster was great. Still waiting on Chippendale, but we're getting Gargoyles. Uh, limited run, if you're, if you're watching, and I know you are, because why wouldn't you be? Please give us a Soul Blazer trilogy collection. I want Soul Blazer, Illusion of Gaia, and Terranigma on modern platforms, physical, digital, I don't care. Just please make it happen. Because if you can make this miracle list happen, I know you can make that happen. So please, if you're watching, which you are, please please make it happen. Um, all right, well, that was pretty much, I mean, obviously the linchpin of this week's show was this crazy list of uh, incredible retro games. Um, but also, let's, let's mention something else about a retro-style game that I think both of us are quite looking forward to. And that, of course, is Sea of Stars which is coming out next month, and it is a turn-based RPG, 2D pixel art overhead view style, inspired by the likes of Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI, and, as I just mentioned, Illusion of Gaia, which is like, you could not possibly pitch a game that is more <laughs> right up my alley that appeals to all of my sensibilities. And, of course, you know, Steve, you and I share our favorite game of all time, which is Chrono Trigger. And uh, so I feel like we're, you know, are, is, am, I, am I right in saying that you're kind of looking forward to this? Yeah, um... I think the price is a bit high at thirty five yeah, bucks. I that's feel what like I was going to say. Big ask for an indie, yeah, uh, RPG in this day and age. Uh, but it is also a Game Pass game, and right. you know, I I kind of you know I I always say Game Pass is the best deal in gaming. This just further underlines it. Um, I I worry that they're that they're aiming a little too high, but I I also get yeah. that if it's anywhere lengthwise on on the level of Chrono Trigger, that's a big game. That's, yeah that's a very large indie game and most indie games are not that long um right so yeah i think that i, I think that that's a uh 
I, I think it's a decent price. I think that it's going to turn off a lot of customers who don't know exactly what they're looking at, though. And I, I yeah. worry about its success for that reason. That is exactly how I feel and kind of what I was going to say. Like, I get it. You know, indie studios, they need to be solvent. I mean, all studios do, but indie studios have it rough because they need to keep existing. They need to make back that revenue, of course. Uh, and, you know, they've got they got Yasunori Mitsuda, the composer of Chrono Trigger, as a yeah. guest composer. I'm sure he didn't come cheap. But at the same time, I do worry that they're limiting their potential audience here with a $34.99 price. And, you know, for people like us who know what it is and we're like so into what it is. Yeah. OK, yeah, exactly. I'm fine paying 35 bucks. No question. And for those who have an Xbox, you can play it on Game Pass and that's great. But I, th I agree with you. I think 35 is a little bit aggressive for. And I, I don't think indies should be perceived to be, oh, they should always be cheaper than, you know, non-indie games. I don't like that perception, but it is the perception. Regardless of what I want, that is what it is. That's right. the reality. Well, it's like, and, it's the same way that if this game were released on the App Store for, like, you know, iPhone versus console, mm -hmm. uh, nobody would pay over 10 bucks. Nobody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just because of the economy that you're you're jumping into. But, um yeah, I mean, also, it's worth noting that if you have a PC, and I think most people do have a PC capable of running an indie pixel art game, it's also yeah. a Game Pass for PC, which is which is a pretty great deal. It is. It is. So I, I really do hope this game does well, because at least from the demo that they released a few months back, it's looking really sharp. It's looking to be to really deliver on the inspirations that it claims to have. Um, I just don't want people to skip on it who otherwise might be into it because of the price. And that is kind of a. That's a high price for, you know, what this game is perceived to be if you're not yeah. part of that fan base. So uh, all the best to them. They are getting a, a, doc a making of documentary as well that's coming via the Escape It, which is kind of cool. So it's it's great that they're able to get, you know, to drum this up enough to get a, doc a making up doc about it. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, Sea of Stars coming out next month. And I'm trying so hard <laughs> to finish FF16 before that comes out, because once Sea of Stars hits, that's got to be. I got to have that be my sole focus, uh, at least for a while. So, uh, yeah, good times on that. And um, let's see. I unfortunately uh, linked the wrong thing here in our news doc. But uh, you and I obviously both love video games to death or video games to death. Obviously, do fighting games to death. Yes. And so the uh, yeah. So the final Evo 2023 tournament registration numbers have come in and they are massive they're they're for evo they're historic and uh, street fighter 6 in particular is just just ab absolutely blasting out of the gate in terms of its registration numbers and i'm looking through our news doc now to find out where those are because i lost them but oh here we go so street fighter 6 these are final registration numbers over seven thousand entrants seven thousand sixty one for street fighter 6 uh over 2,400, almost 2,500 for Guilty Gear Strive, almost 1,600 for Tekken 7, uh, almost 1,400 for Ultimate MVC 3. Like, this is going to be the biggest Evo ever, and I so wish you could be there with me, man. Yeah, yeah, it would be nice. I've I've got a trip to the Grand Canyon coming up around that time, though. I mean, uh, that's not that far from Vegas, I'm just saying. It's fair, it's fair. Just we'll, saying. <laughs> I don't know, though. I can't even beat Vash. No offense, Vash, but if I can't uh -huh. beat you, I'm not going to win Street Fighter Six. is what I'm saying. <laughs> right, right. I'm not going to take the million dollars home. 
Um, I think it's particularly impressive that almost 1,600 people signed up for Tekken 7, which it's easy to forget how old that game actually is, but that it's still pulling that much of a competitive scene. And this, you know, this will ostensibly be the last year for Tekken 7 and Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate. Next year, we're going to see Mortal Kombat 1 and Tekken 8, and I'm sure those numbers will be going crazy out of the gate. But man, Street Fighter 6 has been out for barely a month and over 7,000 people. That's just wild to me. And of course, they deserve it. It's a great game. Uh, And man, I wish you could be there with me for the first ever Street Fighter 6 tournament at Evo, because I know you, you and I both know how unbelievably hyped that's going to be. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it. I'm I'm going to watch it if I can. Um I may be in a hotel room at the Grand Canyon, but I'll be I'll be watching the finals for sure. Uh oh. I think that it is so much better of a game to watch others play than 5 was. Mm-hmm. Um and so I'm really excited to see what, you know, actual pro players are are going to do with these characters because I've run Me into too. people online that are just beastly and and there's certainly I'm not in the realm of the gods of street fighter you know I'm right. I'm I'm able to to brush up against it every now and then and be humbled very quickly uh but but certainly not anywhere near the level of even the worst pro player so right um, <laughs> yeah I'm, same I'm obviously very very excited to see what high level competitive street fighter 6 looks like on on the world's biggest stage yeah, uh, absolutely. And I, I've been watching a few matches on YouTube. Uh, like, like I watched a uh, Daigo versus Tokido match a couple of days ago, and obviously that was just like, how do these, how do these people do what they're doing on screen? This is insane. And we're just going to get hours and hours of that uh, at yep. Evo. And one of these days, man, you got to go with me. One of these, yeah, days, absolutely. I would love to go. I just have to make the time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, one more thing I want to get your thoughts on, man. And this is, uh, yeah. obviously, as we know, uh, games based on Marvel characters, especially recent, have had a bit of a checkered history. Uh, the less said about the Avengers, the better. And, Ooh. of course, unfortunately, Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, kind of suffered from the dark cloud cast over the Avengers because if you sat down and played it, it was actually really good with a particularly great story and voice cast. Um, so now we've come to learn that a uh, cliffhanger games which is one of ea subsidiaries one of their newest subsidiaries based in seattle they're working on a single player third person action adventure black panther game and just on the face of it i feel like the the potential is massive here i would love to play as black panther in his own original adventure how are you feeling about this do you think there's any hope here do you think it's just going to be eh do you think there's maybe a possibility that this could turn out to be as cool as the potential implies here? No, no, <laughs> I, I'm just, I don't mean to be uh, a downer, yeah. but I'm uh-huh. just trying to be honest. Like, I don't trust EA to make most things good. Same. Same. Um, I, you know, they they were able to fuck up Star Wars and, and that to me is easy video game material um yeah that being said that being said i will say they did good with jedi survivor so there is that um but they you know battlefront to me was just endlessly boring despite being one of the most visually impressive games i had ever seen up to that point um ea i don't trust i've never seen any studio within ea Mm-hmm. do what let's just say insomniac can do with spider-man totally agree. and i think yeah. that it's such a rare skill set to find in a studio to be able to impart the the feeling of kinesis and superpower and badassery that you need to make a superhero game work correctly like yeah i would say rocksteady managed to do it fairly well yeah. but even by today's standards like those batman arkham games they feel muddy and slow 
Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Spider-Man, you know, I, I, honestly, like if it's not Insomniac, like I'm not, I'm not trusting it till I see people <laughs> play it. So, um, right. you know, like I'm, I'm still excited to see more about Wolverine, right? Like that's probably the next yeah. Marvel game that's really big on the horizon for me. Once Spider-Man two is out the door in just two months, God damn. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then I'll start looking for info on Wolverine. I think Black Panther, the character, absolutely has tons yeah. of potential to make a really cool game. Yeah. Um, I just don't know. You know, I, I don't know enough about this studio to be able to say, but I what I can say is EA has never made a good superhero game. Yeah. And as much as I think they, they did fairly well with Star Wars, Star Wars does, it's not the same skill set, right? Like no, Jedi the same thing. are slow. And, and in this game in particular, in, in Jedi Survivor, they're more like, plotting and tactical with how they fight uh you know it's not zipping through the air at high speeds or running along the ground at superhuman uh speeds you know you're not fighting mobs and mobs of bad guys at the same time i I think that's a very special skill set that comes from being able to understand the character and capture their essence very well and i'm just not sure that that's going to be something we're going to get from an ea studio but I'd yeah. love to be wrong because I want a Black Panther game that kicks ass. <laughs> I want right. a really good Black Panther game. Um, Big you know, I think he's a compelling hero. I think uh, I think that he could deliver something really fun and unique within the superhero space because he's not quite like Spider-Man. He's not quite like Wolverine. He's, he's his own unique guy. And I think yeah. that you could do something really cool with that. Um, God, it's going to be hard, though, because I think Chadwick Boseman played him so well, and he's yeah. irreplaceable as the character, and I don't know, and, and it, if one thing has proven itself, it's that um, when you when you take a character who has like an instantly recognizable face in the MCU and you just swap it, the results yeah. aren't good. Sorry, Avengers. <laughs> but... No, it's true. But what's funny, though, is you're right, and I completely agree with you when you do that, you know, that kind of appearance swapping. It, it doesn't quite work, but at the same time, it did work for Guardians once people actually gave that's it a true. chance. That's so true. that's what's interesting. Yeah. And I mean, and, and Peter Quill in the game looks so different from Chris that, Pratt. That's true. I'll give you that. I think what happened, the issue I had with Avengers is they very clearly tried to replicate the movies. You're like totally. It felt like off-brand MCU. Yeah. That's that's so true. Um, you know, Azran asks in our live audience chat, uh, asking who's to say they won't use the new Black Panther, obviously meaning Shuri from Black Panther Wakanda Forever, but they did already say this is going to be an original, a completely original story for Black Panther, and I feel like the more publicly, generally well-known Black Panther is T'Challa over Shuri, right? Unless you're like a giant comics fan, I feel like most people are going to just naturally relate Black Panther to T'Challa, so... Right. I kind of I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb and just kind of assume that we're talking about T'Challa here and not Shuri. But yeah, I mean, I kind of figured that you would be landing where where I am on this. EA can't can't be trusted to make a good superhero game. So as much as the potential is there, I don't necessarily expect them to deliver on it. Not at all, really. I want them to, um, you know, cliffhanger games. They're they're pretty untested as a studio, from what I understand. So we don't really know what they're capable of. I hope they do it right. Uh, but on that similar note, I'm still waiting to find out who is developing that TMNT last Ronin game. Because talk about potential. Right. If you know that comic, if you know that story, the potential for a last Ronin 3D action or uh, like third person action adventure game is mind blowingly off the charts. But we don't know who's making it. And I just mm, I want that potential to be realized both for that for that and for Black Panther. So we'll see how it goes. But it's still obviously very early in development. So it's going to be 
years before yeah. this thing coalesces into something we can really talk about and dissect. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, let's go ahead and read out a few more Super Chats before we move on to our patron topics for the week. And let's see here. So first, we've got uh, Grantles uh, with $5. Thank you so much. I can't believe we live in a timeline where Gex is back and there's a modern port of plumbers don't wear ties. You're totally right. Not only Gex, but Tomba and as a Zelda CDI-inspired game. It's it's wild. This is quite a timeline. It is one of the timelines of all time. That, I'll say yeah. that much. Uh, next up, $10 from Sean Davis. Thank you so much. Any movies you guys are looking forward to for the rest of the year? I'm interested in seeing The Last Voyage of the, of the Demeter when that comes out. It's based off a chapter of Dracula and looks great. I'm not going to lie and say I've heard of that. That sounds pretty cool. Uh, personally, I'm really excited for, and it's basically out now, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. I love the MI series. Tom Cruise never seems to age. That man is ageless, I swear to God. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. I'm looking forward to the Marvels, for sure. Um, and there are a couple of movies that are out now that I want to see that I haven't. Like Elemental, that looks great. Um, I, I can't wait to see that. I only saw Across the Spider-Verse a few days ago because I've just been too busy. My wife and I tried to, to go see it like 10 times and life got in the way every single time. So I only just now across, uh, only just now saw Across the Spider-Verse and it was, my expectations were sky high and they were still shattered. So go see it if you haven't. I'm sure you all have. Uh, Steve, maybe you haven't though, because I know you're obviously a very, very busy uh, day job worker. I saw Across the Spider-Verse like the night it came oh, out. Oh, did you? Yeah. So I, you know how amazing it is. It, it's so good. Well, so for <laughs> me, uh, Spider-Man 2099 is like my favorite Spider-Man variant. So when I found mm -hmm. out he was heavily featured in the movie, I was like, I gotta go. And they did my boy dirty first off. But uh, oh, they did. Well, I so I have questions, and maybe maybe it's part of like the extended Spider-Man 2099 canon. Maybe there's stuff I don't know. Um. And I don't think this is spoilery because it's in a trailer. But if you if you if you just want to know nothing about the movie and you somehow haven't seen any trailers for it, uh, they they make a weird implication that that maybe he's a vampire. And right, they do. They do. I'm so confused by that because <laughs> if you know the character from the comics, he's not a vampire. <laughs> right, um, right. You know, so and, and I do think it kind of sucks. You know, like he's also I was I was hoping that they wouldn't do this thing that i kind of don't love in that the two most well-known biracial spider-men are are fighting each other like could sure. they not could they pick a different one sure. um yeah i mean there's there's thousands but um either way i i love spidey 2099 i loved that movie i agree with you such such an amazing film um I don't get out to see movies often, so I'm going to give old choices too. Though Cocaine Bear, I want to see. I still want to see that funny. too. Yeah, yeah, same. I really want to see Cocaine Bear. I bet it's pretty funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I love a good comedy, especially when it's like a dark comedy. Yeah. Um, gosh, I already saw Guardians Volume Three. That was fantastic. Um, oh yeah. Hard to believe that was even a 2023 movie. Like I'm looking at a list now just to see. Um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm just going to stick with Cocaine Bear because that's the that's the one that mm -hmm. I haven't seen that I want to see and and hopefully I'll get to it before the end of the year. Sure, sure. Um Mido Green in our live audience chat mentioned Blue Beetle. And yeah, you know what? I'm not oh, yeah. usually into the DCEU, but Blue Beetle looks great and it features one of the main actors from Cobra Kai, which that's an instant sell for me because you all know how much I love Cobra Kai. So, there's that. I think Barbie looks pretty cool. I'm not I might wait for it to go streaming, but I definitely want to see it. I'm certainly Same. interested. Um, I've seen some, I see some of you saying Oppenheimer and look, it's Chris Nolan. 
yes, it's it's almost certainly going to be amazing. He's had a few duds here and there. I didn't like Tenet much. Oppenheimer's probably going to be great. But given the world we live in right now, I just don't know that I need to go see a movie about nuclear war and the threat of it just because of the world we already live in day daily. So I just don't know that I need that in my life right now. So I feel like it's going to be great, but I might wait a little bit to see it. You, you know, know, I do want to see Asteroid City, uh, which is a new Wes Anderson film. Right. I heard about um, that. I don't know anything about it, but I absolutely love the way he his cinematography and his use of color in his films. Like mm-hmm. they're, they they seem so surreal. So that'll be a treat to watch for sure. And Jack Oman mentioned Nimona. Yeah, I saw some uh, reviews about that. It looks so cool. I want to see that. And then I'm also kicking myself because I can't believe I didn't think about this. Uh, Toon Jay and Jackamon both mentioned TMNT Mutant Mayhem. And you know oh, what? Yeah. When the first trailer dropped, I wasn't into it. But then the next trailer came out and it totally turned me around. And I'm like, I was always going to see it no matter what. But now I think it looks legitimately cool. And I'm so excited for, to see that next month. I think it looks great. For sure, for sure. And I assume you you want to see it too, Steve? Yes, I do. Oh, dude, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, I, I honestly was on board with that from the first trailer. Yeah. I thought it was interesting to see that Seth Rogen is tied to it, but yeah, Eternal um, Teenager Seth Rogen. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. good with that. I'm I'm excited yeah. to check that out. Cool. Well, thank you for that really fun topic, Sean, and for the ten dollars. Thank you so much. Also, ten dollars from Goron Amber. It's been a while. Thank you so much, Amber. Hi. Uh, haven't made it to one of these in a long while. Been working long hospital hours and helping ER and urgent care patients. Good to see y'all live again. Well, it's good to see you. Yeah, likewise. Live again, and thank you so much for all the work you're doing on the front lines of you know, medicine and taking care of people and their health, because that's so important. So thank you so much for all your hard work helping people. And we're so glad you're here live again. It's been so long. Uh, TuneJ723, oh man, uh, putting us on the spot with $2. Thank you. Asking us to make up a modern Gex quote. Ugh. I've I've not played enough Gex to do this. I, don't I haven't know what either. It sounds like. I, I yeah, I'm just gonna. I mean, I feel like with his, you know, with that kind of annoying smirk that he always has, I feel like he'd just say something that he thinks is cool but really isn't. So something like a catchphrase like "Gexalicious" or "Gextastic" or something like that. But I've never played Gex, so I, Gexalicious, yeah, I, I kind of like. I don't that actually thing. know. Like, hey, it's me, <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking Gex. Check yeah. me out. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna stick with Gexalicious. I, I like a... that. He looks like the kind of guy who would say something like probably. That. He probably oh my has gexual God, energy. That's what I'm saying. We need a gexual energy. That is per that we can't do better than that. We gotta move on because that is just never gonna be taught. <laughs> Period. Gexual energy. There you go. Uh all right. Next up, Rex B- Rex Rec BCQ, sorry, with five more dollars. Thank you so much, Rec. I can't fathom that there is a game out there oh, that's we paying that off. Oh, we yeah, that was one uh that I read at the time. Sorry about that. Uh next up, Kaiser the Fighter with five dollars. Thank you so much. If Daisy was in the Super Mario Brothers movie sequel, what voice acting would be a better fit for Daisy? Me personally, Tara Strong would be a, would be an awesome fit for the role. You kind of already said it. I think she'd be great. I think Tara um, Strong would be good. I'm trying to think of someone I think could be like better. I'm, I'm going to say that I would want Scarlett Johansson. She has like a huskier really? voice, like a like kind of a deeper. Mm. She could do a tomboy voice very well. I almost feel like she's a little bit too, like, her voice is a little bit too husky, though, for, because Daisy's very, in the games at least, she's very, you know, high, like, high energy, high, hi, I'm Daisy! So I Yeah, but I think that if we did, like, a movie, like, I'm thinking Mario movie, sorry, I should be clear about that. Um, uh-huh. And he does say movie sequel. So, like, right. I don't think you're going to get, I think that Anya Taylor-Joy is similarly, like, down 
in, in her register compared to the peach voice that we're used to, which is like that's also intentionally true. going very high. Yeah. So I think to kind of keep the the dissonance of sorts between them, you'd need somebody who even had a deeper, more husky sounding voice. That's I, true. I think, I think Scar- Scarlett Johansson could pull it off. I think she'd be a good Daisy. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's, But I, I agree Tara Strong would be fantastic, but I... I don't. I don't know why I can't not picture her doing Buttercup. For she didn't even yeah. do Buttercup, did she? I don't know. Uh, I can't remember. Which she one. didn't do all the Powerpuff she, Girls. She did. Bubbles no, she didn't. She, well, she was Bubbles, right? Maybe that's a Buttercup yeah. voice actor. Let's see who. Was oh, it? you know what? That's a good one, Jaden Buck. Uh, I want Daisy to be voiced by Kristen Wiig. That's a good one. Ooh, I, that I is a good that. one. That's a good e. G. one. E.G. Daly and, did did Buttercup. I I just oh, okay. assume, I just associate Tara yeah. Strong with like every cartoon character. Right, right, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I think those are. I mean, Tara Strong. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree. Kristen Wiig, that's a great one. And you know, you make a good point, Steve. The the peach we see in the movie is much has a much lower register than the peach we see in the game. So ScarJo could be a good fit. Um, I, I'm struggling to think of of anyone else in the moment that I think would be like, you know, a yeah, perfect the, fit. The for other her. part that I think, and this part sucks. But the another part reason I went with somebody recognizable from Hollywood is because they clearly did that for all the characters in the first movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, which they're yeah they're going to do again for sure. Yeah. And um, any new primary character is going to be like a list talent, yeah. which is both good and bad. I mean, but Nintendo's not going to be like we made a billion dollars with with the first movie. Now let's shake up the voice cast. You know, and, and what's funny is uh, Jason Ramirez in our YouTube chat says, Great Lyle. I, th- I think that's a great idea, but a, a great idea. But at the same time, she doesn't have, she's not a recognizable name in Hollywood. So I don't think they'd go with her. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think that would happen. Uh, Ariana Grande says, Tommy Dionas archives. I feel like people would riot if they did that. But, you know, on, on the, along the lines of people who do not have that Hollywood name recognizability, Colleen O'Shaughnessy, who does Tails, I think that she could, you know, manipulate the Tails voice she does into a pretty good Daisy, personally. Yeah, I think I could she that. could probably nail that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she kind of has that natural energy to her voice when she plays Tails. And I feel like she could do a pretty good yeah. Daisy. So and hey, her, you know, they didn't she didn't need to have name recognition to be Tails in the Sonic movies. So you never know. You never know. Uh, thank you so much for that. That was a fun topic to discuss, Kaiser. And then one more for now, and then we'll move on to our patron topics. So Disney Duckin is back yet again with $5. Thank you so much. Asking, do you think Disney would allow for Wolverine and or Deadpool to be guests for Mortal Kombat nope. 1? It's, this all. is Disney we're talking about. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's not just that, but WB and, and NetherRealm are also cozied up to DC. Uh, you know, they, they yeah. make the Injustice series of fighting games. Right. So I, I just don't see them doing it based solely on that, but also just the letting their characters kill people. Yeah, and it's too bad, too, because like I feel like Deadpool actually would be a really good fit Yep. Uh, for that. Wolverine also, but not as much. But Deadpool, I feel like, would be a perfect guest character for Mortal Kombat 1. But yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Steve. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, uh, and, all and right. the address Dad Alpha Lion, Scorpion was an Injustice one, but again, that is a Mortal Kombat character crossing over with DC. Exactly. So that's a thing that has happened. And and they had MK versus DC, which was terrible. I th- Yeah. I, I just see for those reasons that Mortal Kombat and DC have been so closely aligned that they're not going to let Marvel characters in for fear of another likely DC collab. Right. Yeah. No, I completely agree. 
All right. Well, that's it for Super Chats for now. I will read out the rest uh, once we get to the end of the show. But for now, it is time for our weekly Patreon topics. And as a reminder, we do, of course, have a Patreon, patreon.com slash gbgaming. And if you decide to support us at the producer tier or above, and the producer tier is just $10 a month, uh, among other perks, you can suggest topics every week on GBG Cast, like the ones we are about to discuss right now. And Steve, let's go ahead and start with you, man. Yeah, so my topic is is a little offbeat. Comes from Wataniac. Uh, Wataniac wrote, uh, "Favorite subject in school? Electives count too. Doesn't have to be one of the standard ones." Uh, and I thought this was fun because we're always talking about games and and gaming adjacent things, and yeah. school is decidedly not that. Um, <laughs> that is true. Yeah. So, uh, and Wataniac and I are pretty close in age, I believe. So, um, I. I had a deeply unpopular favorite class in high school. Um, I loved taking foreign languages. I loved German. uh, But my favorite class was actually home ec. And in the 90s, being a boy and being super into home ec (laughs) is a recipe for disaster. Yeah, Um, unfortunately. So I was, you know, uh, my mom is actually like a a well-trained baker. And so... uh, you know, my mom and I, during my teenage years, as, as teenagers are wont to do with their moms, uh, we weren't super close. I, I tried to put some distance in that relationship between the uh-huh. ages of like 14 and 17. Um, but I knew that to get a good grade in home ec, I would have to get advice from my mom. And I genuinely enjoyed the process of just making food. And it's something that has stuck with me through my whole life. Like, I mean... I don't have a lot of time for stuff and I'm certainly lazy, so I don't cook nearly as much as I'd like to. But when I do actually get in the kitchen and like try to make a recipe that I've never made before, I have a hell of a lot of fun. And I I watch a lot of like cooking videos when I'm not working on gaming stuff. Like it's probably Mm. my number one current hobby outside of gaming and stuff related to making videos. Like I like cameras. I like audio stuff. But but, you know, outside of all that, I I would say cooking is like my favorite thing. Well, I did not know that. I, I learned something new today. Um, <laughs> I, I love baking myself. I, yeah. uh, I've never been a big cook, but I always, I know a lot of my mom's like recipes for the holidays, like various pies and fudge and stuff. So I do love baking. Um, but yeah, I never knew that. That's so cool. Uh, for me, uh, I guess mine was a little bit more offbeat too, uh, which was my favorite subject in school was music. Uh, and of course, that's unfortunately kind of not something you see very often anymore. Music programs are getting cut left and right in schools, which I don't think should be the case. Um, but I had an amazing music teacher. Uh, fun fact, back in middle school, I played the xylophone in a music club and I loved oh, nice. it. I, I really like one of my biggest regrets these days is that I didn't pursue music more. Um, I, I definitely nurse, you know, vague dreams of maybe doing some DJing someday. I just love music. And my dad raised me to really listen with a critical ear to music. I've talked to our patron Azran about that, uh, that they know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, I just love music. And so music class was probably my favorite in middle school. Uh, I also enjoyed English class enough because I've, I've, I'll tell you what, I hate math. I never have been a math guy, hated math. But English, I've always had a way with words. I've always been, you know, a particularly good writer, I think. Um, I've just always been well-spoken and well-written. And, uh, you know, I, I, I definitely got that compared to how crappy I am at math or was. I pretty much noped out after, like, fractions. <laughs> like, I was like, you know what? <laughs> I don't know about this uh, algebra stuff. I know. I'm kidding. Of course, I, you know, I, I did find an algebra, but I hated every single second of it. 
Uh, and a- after algebra, I'm like, nah, I'm done. Screw this. I hate this. I'm not ever going to be a mathematician. Um, and I wasn't big on science either. But yeah, English and music were my favorite subjects in school with a particular preference for music class. I had the coolest music teacher and the coolest nice. English teacher, really. So yeah, my and of course, recess and lunch were also high up there as subjects I love in school. But uh, yeah, it's got to be music and English for me. So yeah, I, I think that was a fun uh, offbeat topic, like you said, that one that we don't really usually discuss. So uh, anything else you want to say on that, Steve? Uh, I, I shout out to my German teacher, Herr Haas, probably my favorite yeah. class of all time, like being in the class, but not my favorite subject, if that makes sense. Like he nice. had sofas and he had a coffee machine. And if you brought your own cup, he'd let you get coffee in his class. That's a lot of teacher made school That's... a lot of fun. Well, on that note, I should give a quick shout out to my English teacher in middle school, Jennifer Sinkler, who was just the best damn teacher I could have ever asked for. She was just the most wonderful. I say was, she's still alive, but she uh, is just the most wonderful woman. And so I got to give her a, uh, give her a good shout out. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for that, Wataniak. And uh, next up, my uh, topic for the week is from Akil P. So thank you, Akil. And you asked us, what are some of your favorite one-liners and memorable quotes from a video game? And I mean, God, there are so many. Uh, I, you know, I have to probably start with uh, one of the best lines ever from Devil May Cry, which was, I should have been the one to fill your dark soul with light. And his voice cracks at the end. And it's when he says light, his voice cracks. Um, that's one of my favorites. Uh, you know, I mean, there's so many obvious ones, right? Like, you know, the whole opening of Symphony of the Night. What is a man? A miserable pile of secrets. Uh, stuff like that. There are, you know, plenty from Mega Man that you could talk about. I, I do love when uh, my namesake in Mega Man ZX Advent, Ash, Ash with an E, she's always talking about booty. They're obviously talking about treasure, but she, the way she says booty, she like, she kind of enunciates the B and she's like, we got to track down that booty. And it always cracks me up because of the way she just really emphasizes the booty. And, uh, so those are some just off the top of my head. Uh, of course, Bolt Mouse X, you know, uh, the Iris, the whole Iris scene. Iris, Iris, no, there's no reason for me to go on. What am I fighting for? And uh, yeah, you know, the Sir Butts, Miss Tron. Like, there's so many. Dr. Wiley for Mega Man 8. You know, I could go on forever. There's so many good ones. Uh, but I'm I'm definitely hogging the mic here. Steve, do you have any that come to mind I, for you? I'm shocked it didn't come up. Um but with how much we talked about it in the past year, I'm especially surprised. Uh-huh. Um, but but just the Leon Kennedy's like whole oh. whole array oh, of yeah. dad jokes. But where's everyone going? Bingo is probably my favorite because it's <laughs> yeah, just the so dumbest good. shit to say in that particular <laughs> situation. It's so good. And yeah, he's, I, I he's, love it. Oh, yeah, it's like he's so full of just stupid dad jokes. Like like it. it it takes you so far out of what's going on that it's that it loops around to being funny. Yeah, no, that, that that's so true. And of course, I mean, if we've got the, I don't even know how I didn't mention this to begin with. Sonic, there's so many. Ah, oh, jeesh. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say jeesh instead of jeez. But there's that. Uh, Electric video gamer says, uh, "Time to crack that Eggman wide open." Yeah, let's party. Uh, yeah, I mean, Sonic is a is just an absolute goldmine of of quotes. And uh, going back to Symphony of the Night for a second, everybody talks about the the opening, which is obviously iconic. But I love the ending, too, because, uh, you know, when when Dracula is like after you defeated him and he's dying, he's like, it's so over the top and cheesy. He's like, farewell, my son. And then Alucard's like, uh, you know, farewell, father. Believe it or not, I will miss you. 
and it's just so badly delivered, but it's also so good at the same time. You know me. I love good, oh, bad yeah. voice acting in movies and stuff. Uh, the House of the Dead 2, basically everything from that game is just gold. Uh, if you haven't heard the, the voice acting in House of the Dead 2, and I, I, I mean acting very loosely, please go check it out. It is unbelievable how bad it is, but it's just so fun to listen to. Um, <laughs> no copyright law in the universe is going to stop me. That's another good one. Oh, how could I forget? Shadow, where's that damn fourth Chaos oh, Emerald? I, I, I have to that? bring it back to like a, a memetic one. Uh, old meme, though. Uh-huh. Uh, the Pretty much every line in OG Resident Evil, uh, just because of how stilted and terrible the delivery is like from everyone across the board. Uh, but mm-hmm. who is it? I think it's when Barry gives Jill the lockpick, and he's like, and Jill. Yeah. A lockpick. I, I, I don't remember so how it good. goes, but like he's he pauses for like five seconds in between every word. Oh, it's so bad. The master of unlocking. Master I'm like, of who unlocking, talks like yeah. this? And don't or Jill, don't open that door. And <laughs> yeah. uh I don't I just want I don't remember who it is, but one of the characters, one of the side characters goes like, It's a monster. And it's like yeah. really, really bad. Uh, there are so many good ones. Uh, Azran, I'm really feeling it. Basically everything from Xenoblade. Pick a Xenoblade game. There's something. I, yeah, it's rhyme time. You know, anything. Uh, I can't go into Star Fox 64, guys, because if I do, we will be here for like another hour just quoting Star Fox 64 <laughs> lines. So you are right, but I cannot let myself go into Star Fox 64 territory because there are too many great one-liners in that game. So. Uh, yeah, it's just, there's so many, there's so, so many, uh, any others that you want to mention, Steve? Uh, no, I can't, I, like you said, we could be here all night, but, uh, yeah, yeah those are some pretty good, like anything from the nineties, like if a game had voice, voice acting mm-hmm. in the nineties, it, it was quotable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, and we got, uh, Metal Gear Solid, uh, Hera was talking about, and there were just a billion quotes, uh, from Metal Gear Solid, oh, you must've been a real thrill in the muck eating contest. Like just. <laughs> Just what? Like, it's so good. So anyway, we could do this forever. Uh, thank you so much, Akil, for that super fun topic. I really, pre- we really appreciate it. And then we uh, have another bonus topic this week, and that comes from Ryan Hanley. Uh, and this is not one that I think we'll spend too much time on, which is why we decided to include it as kind of a fun bonus. Uh, so Ryan asks, is Squeaky Clean Sprint Nintendo's way of including Mario Kart Home Circuit and perhaps legitimizing it as a true Mario Kart game? What say you, Steve? No. Um, and yeah. <laughs> and I say this as somebody who reviewed Home Circuit. Um, and, and to be clear, I don't think that Home Circuit is a bad game. I think it's actually really cool. Do I think it's mm-hmm. thin? Yes. Um, because there's only so much fun you can get out of like driving remote controlled Mario Karts around your house before before you get tired. Like, just imagine having to set up and tear down every course in between during a Grand Prix. Um, but uh, I think that this is more whimsical in nature um it's just meant to be like a fun what if we took you know uh what was the other one ribbon ribbon raceway i think or uh, ribbon it? road ribbon road i i think it's just nintendo has clearly had this idea of like what if mario kart existed in in a real world setting and it was just super tiny toys you know uh and, and nintendo likes this idea of like the characters in their games being toys that's like the premise of the original smash bros you know um like kids playing with toys and so i think people there there's something whimsical about the idea of of these characters that we know and love and and have kind of 
turned into real, you know, real people in our minds to a degree being these little smart toys. Um, and, and yeah, I think it's just a really fun idea and it's one that appeals to people like on some kind of visceral level, like you just appreciate it for what it is. So I don't think it's a nod to home, home circuit at all. Um, I think it'd be kind of weird if they did a take on home circuit in Mario Kart. Just it would, right? You'd, you'd need some stuff from like a more traditional home, right? Like a more realistic take on, on uh squeaky clean sprint, which I think would be boring to be honest. That's what home to- or home circuits missing is that you can't do any of the cool whimsical stuff like volcanoes and barrels that you can blast out of because yeah. it's tethered to the real world and the real world isn't that neat. You know what, though? At the same time, I find myself, and I agree with you in general, I don't think that was Nintendo's thought process at all. I think their thought process was, hey, you know what we haven't done? It would be really cool. A course in a bathroom. Let's do yep. it. I don't think they even had any thought about Home Circuit whatsoever when designing that course. But at the same time, I do find myself thinking about the living room stage in Smash. And I'm, I'm thinking about like how cool it would be if you took the living room stage and turned it into a Mario Kart course. And you know, you'd have hazards like a dog and a cat running through the scene and you know, cool, you know, the, the TV that you can see playing, I don't know, something from the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. I don't know. But I feel like there is a potential for, like, kind of a cool, real-life living room house course where you're, like, you know, driving underneath sofas and avoiding chair legs and dogs. And I don't know. I think oh, there's I maybe agree. something I think, there. I think it could be neat. I think you would still need that certain level of Mario Kart whimsy, though. Like, maybe driving up, like, a chain of blocks to hop onto the kitchen table or... Right. You know, something like that, that that you couldn't do with real toys, but you could do if you kind of bent the rules of reality a little bit. Right. Definitely. I agree. Uh, so, yeah, just a, a fun topic to discuss. And now I kind of do want that living room course. I'm not going to lie. I think that would yeah. be cool. But, yeah, I don't think Home Circuit uh, figured into squeaky clean sprint whatsoever. But I would like to someday try Home uh, home Circuit. I never got to. But I think it seemed I, I don't will, know if my I will bring it over enough. for you to try. I've got I've got two carts and a dream. <laughs> Do you think our apartment's big enough, though? Uh yeah. Because yeah? if you get okay. too if you get too big, then then you lose connection with the uh, with with the carts themselves. And when I reviewed it, I had to stay confined to one room in my house at the time. Because if I went yeah, too far into sure. another room, they just disconnect. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I guarantee you, by the way, that somebody's going to clip if you get too big and just cut it off there. That's, where <laughs> that's what they're going to do. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for those awesome topics. We really appreciate it. Keep those amazing topic ideas coming. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate you. All right. So it is almost time for the end of the show, but we do have several more Super Chats to read out. You all are so incredibly generous. Thank you. Uh, all right. First up, uh, first off, Mighty Invincible with $10. Thank you so much. I was definitely curious how a Spider-Man 2099 fan would feel about his portrayal, but I think the vampire thing was just Gwen simplifying the description. He does legitimately have paralyzing Venom fangs, though. Oh, okay. I didn't remember that, um, which is which is good to know, because like I said, I I think that was something that happened after I stopped reading the 2099 series. I, I got as far as Venom 2099, and I was like, that's cool, but then they started pairing him up with like ghost rider 2099 and thor 2099 i was like okay i can't follow a whole other like continuity <laughs> um but uh it was i think spidey 2099 i still don't like that they did him dirty in terms of making him like the main villain like you could have picked any uh-huh. other spider-man but you chose my favorite one <laughs> and that's <stinks. laughs> yeah fair enough fair enough um, well, thank you. I actually didn't know that stuff about, uh, Spider-Man 2099. So thank you, Steve and Mighty Invincible. Appreciate that. 
Uh, all right, this next one is particularly cool for me. I, I had not, this is so cool. This came in during the show, but uh, Chan John Nguyen for, uh, with $2. I hope I said that right. I apologize if I didn't. Saying congrats, Ash. You got the role of Kaifun for, uh, for Macross. And uh, yeah, so what that means is that I have been auditioning for a fan dub for uh, the PS1 game Macross Do You Remember Love? Oh, nice. It's like I am auditioned for this fan dub, and I got the, the role of Kaifun. I just found it out during the show, and I'm so excited. Nice. Congrats. Um, thank you. I think John's working on it, too. So we're going to be working on it together, I believe. And uh, as, as all of you know, I'm trying to get a kind of a voice acting career, voiceover career off the ground. And this is such a cool thing to find out live during the show. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. Uh, for the opportunity, Sean, uh, I really, I'm so excited to do this. I'm, thank you so much. I'm, this is very validating for me, and I get to find out live. That's so cool. Thank you so much. Uh, all right, next up, we've got a pair of uh, super chats again from Disney Duncan. Thank you. First off, five dollars. Uh, to think that Guardians of the Galaxy three gave us the MCU's first f bomb before Deadpool three, which will be the first R rated MCU film. Yeah, you would have thought that Deadpool would be the first f bomb, right? Yeah, you would think. Yeah, you would think, but uh, that was a good F-bomb in Guardians 3, though. It was pretty funny. It was a good one. It wasn't wasted, that's for sure. And then uh, with $2, thank you so much, saying, imagine Tom Holland being Bowser Jr., LOL. You know what? I could see it. I could actually see it, or hear it, I should say. Yeah. I could hear it. I, I don't know that that would be a bad uh, casting choice, actually, so I could hear it. Uh, next up, Ryan Hanley with $2. Thank you, Ryan. Stephanie Beatriz for Daisy. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you. And uh, I'm definitely not looking up Stephanie Beatriz right now to find out who she is. Uh, she was on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, have you heard? Have you, do you know the name, Steve? I do not. Stephanie okay. Beatriz. Uh, she's Mirabelle Madrigal in Disney Dreamlight Valley. Um. Yeah, she was in Robot Chicken. Uh, she's oh, she oh, was she's in Encanto. In... Oh, okay, cool. Oh, that makes sense because she was the same probably voice in uh, Dreamlight Valley. Uh, she's also in, uh, or she's going to be in the upcoming Twisted Metal show coming out. Nice. She's in Family Guy. Okay, cool. Yeah, I I don't know her by name, but that's really cool. I I'm gonna assume that you are right that she'd be a good fit for Daisy. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, next up, Disney Duncan with another five dollars. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Uh, anyone excited for Deadpool three? Saul Wolverine's new costume. If you haven't seen the last two, they're on Disney Plus along with Logan. Absolutely, yes. I'm looking forward to Deadpool three. Are you kidding? Of course I am. Uh, what about? I'm sure you are too, Steve. Right? Oh yeah, Deadpool three is high on my list. I'm very oh, yeah. very excited to check it out. For sure, for sure. And then Rec BCQ with two dollars. <laughs> thank you so much this is good going back to our topic about uh, iconic video game quotes uh i'm sorry i'm gonna butcher this accent but yes among all the billions of other things uni says that are awesome in xenoblade 3 what about babies you got you got any babies yeah and of course there's like hear that noah lance wants something a bit meatier like yeah you can't you can't make those up those are uni is a gold mine of amazing quotes in xenoblade 3 so yeah. Wow. You guys are just, I know I say this, but you're all so generous. So many super chats, but yeah, that is you. in fact the last one. So thank you all so much. That does mean we have reached the end of episode 65 of the GVG cast. And as always, we have to give a special shout out to all of our patrons at the producer tier and above for helping to keep the lights on here because without you, 
we could not do and keep on doing what we do. So thank you so very much. Uh, and of course, also as always, we have to give an extra special shout out to all of our patrons at the executive producer tier and above. And those amazing, wonderful, peerless folks include Brandon Bovia, Cutie Caitlin, Fangs, Z Patty, Just Brian, Sky Blue Flames, Eastman 23, Adam O'Sullivan, Richard Herrera, Logan Daniel, The D-Pad, Vesnio, Blake, Critter XD, Joy Content, Angel Martinez, Vedron, Joshua Hunter, Benny Yao, Azran127, Black King, Joseph Rutkin, Kiki Griffin, Lucky Wonderfish, Wataniac, Top Dog 23100, Young Ben Kenobi, Doug Shomix, Andrew Medeiros, Brady Power, Darchi, Becca, Killamox, Sean Davis, Michael McCaw, Matthew Wong, Goron Amber CPHT, Too Much Spaghetti, Bane 400, Askeron 809, Ryaner, Rain and Clouds, The Game Orb, Super Gamer Dude 101, Grantles, Ravelox, Rosa Pardo Bowling, Hi Mom, Skull Kid Tiger, Dark Steel 01, Jason Uloa, Jaden Buck, Cystic Warrior 29, DJ Jurassic, Super Dank Awesome Unicorn Guy, Derek, Colin, Blaystar 25, Mumbling Yeti, Cameron Shark, Keel, Moon Knight, Brendan Hesse, Hustlebun, Noah Fitterer, Calvin Atkinson, Brainchild, the entire state of Wisconsin, Jim Wakelin, Longboy Shiggy, Aramis Baramis, Dylan, Kyle the Monarch, Dat Alpha Lion, Lord Metarex, Blaze Collard, Eric, Cat Evie Person 5, Peyton Thiel, Mega Beatman True Blue Reviews, Jung Ant, Ryan Hanley, Somnia, The Game Jamie, and last but certainly not least, Danny Walsh. Thank you so much. It is my pleasure and honor to read that list out almost every week. Uh, I should mention that I will not be hosting the next couple of GVG casts. I will hopefully at least appear on some of them, but uh, I did mention uh, last week or, or a couple weeks ago that a friend of mine passed recently, and I am going to his wake next Friday, and it's happening during the show. So I will not be here next week, uh, and then I'm doing a convention with my dad in Florida the following weekend, and then I've got Evo the following weekend after that. So I should be here on the show for a couple of those, but in terms of hosting, uh, it'll be a couple of weeks before I'm back It'll in the hosting chair. Show. It'll be your show. So look forward to that, everybody. Um, thank you so much, everyone. We love doing this with you every week, and we'll see you next time. Good night and good vibes. Bye, everybody. Bye.